Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, all right, all right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Believe in the Dallas Cowboys. I'm Jeff Cavanaugh. Alongside my friend and co-host, former Cowboys wide receiver, Jesse Holly. Oh, Jesse Holly went 77 yards. It must be a reality show. We got a couple things to talk about. Uh, one, Micah Parsons is getting to eat a lot of food, which is great. Um, AJ Brown's talking crap about CeeDee Lamb, which is wild. And, uh, well, we also had an NFL draft, so those things happened. We are presented by our friends at betonline.ag, your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. There's hoops happening. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. Bet online. Always your sports information headquarters this season. Got you covered for all sports wagering, no basketball, MLB, NHL, UFC, boxing, whatever. The fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, live betting options, your favorite casino and card games. You can play from home. Go to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use your promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Jesse, good news. You got your sexy, flexy, flexy, sexy, kind of. Kinda. 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 Yeah. You kinda got a flexy, sexy, flexy, flexy, sexy. More more flex. Uh more uh he's handsome. We'll just say he's sexy. I'm uh I'm gonna call him Scoony and nobody's gonna be able to stop me because I just think that nicknames are fun and I think Scoony sounds fun. Luke Schoonmaker. Um Mozzie Smith is a large human. Demarvion Overshone. We'll see. He's going to be thrown into a battle with a bunch of other dudes. Although, that pick might make a little more sense if you consider what Micah Parsons is up to right now. Micah Parsons right now is eating a 70-ounce steak. Maybe. Because <laughs> Micah Parsons is going to put on about eight pounds, get a little bigger, and we're not going to have to talk about how many snaps is he going to play at linebacker. How many snaps is he going to do? Blah, 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 blah. Micah Parsons is putting on weight to play on the edge. All the time. Thoughts? Yeah. Um, I, I'll start forward and then work backwards. Or backwards and work forwards. Um, like draft-wise, what the Cowboys did in the draft, um, like I was thinking about this today, like a couple days, but I was like, how would I describe how I feel about the draft? And the, the first thing that comes to my mind, and I, you know, we probably shouldn't say the first thing that always comes to our mind, but – what the hell? Um, that's what I do. And I said that, uh, you know, I'd hit. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I'd hit. Um, and, and for me, probably, well, what are you saying? I'm, like, I, I, I'm, I'm not in love enough to marry. I don't dislike enough to diss. But I hit. Yeah, it's a really, really, it's a really, really awkward way of you giving them something between a B minus and a C. Yeah. I, I I mean, with this draft class, if it was presented to me, I hit. I, I'd hit again. Not willing to marry. Don't love it enough to marry. Don't dislike it enough to diss them. I hit. I so I like because I watch a bunch of stupid players and rank them and do all that stuff. Like immediately after a draft, if they don't take players that I would have taken at that spot, my immediate reaction is, oh man, <laughs> ruined it losers uh and then eventually you, you, like, know, you know far more than will mcclay i mean of course i know far more than that in organization as a whole 
Um, Will McClay could beat me one-on-one. But once you let some Joneses start talking and some coaches start making some picks, I start catching up. Uh, Once you just kind of zoom out and get further away from it and go, okay, well, what did they do? What did they want to do? And then I guess I get more into explaining the draft than worrying about what they did or didn't do because you could tell in the way they talked about it, run defense was a priority for them. And they had a very high grade on Mozzie Smith. Yeah. The tight end room was a priority for them. And they really liked Scooney. And it's just, you, so you go through and you explain the draft as opposed to, you know, I really wish their first three picks had been Nolan Smith, Osiris Torrance, and Josh Downs or whatever. And I just start naming players. Uh, I get more to the, okay, let's understand where were they at? What did they prioritize? What did they want? And what did they do? And that's how I kind of end up. Well, it, the, their draft makes sense in the, in, in the sense of look at what they what has taken them out the last couple of years in the playoffs because the ultimate goal is to get to the playoffs and then get to the I'd be, careful, I'd be careful with that question because I don't think the answer is what a lot of people think the answer is. Well, I mean, they've been dominated up front. To the tune of three and a half yards per carry against San Francisco last year. You scored 12 points. That's why you went home. Well, but but also it's it's and I think you and I had this conversation last year. It's not the overall; it's when they did it. It was when when did they get the chunk yard that they needed up the middle of the field? When did they get the the push that they needed? When didn't that defense get the push that it needed on the opposing team's quarterbacks? It's in those crunch time moments, and I think that was part of the reason why they felt they needed to get a little bit more physical up front. Mike McCarthy's been saying all offseason that he plans on running the football. And and Scooney, Scooney, Scooney fits the mold of we're not quite sure what we're going to do here with offensive line. We got we got we still got some love for Tyron. You know we're going to move Tyler around a little bit. And and uh, uh, I saw um, uh, uh, shoot, what's the right tackle's name? Terrence um, Steele. Terrence Steele. I saw him the other day. Looks good running around, moving. Uh, so they're kind of like. If, if nothing else, we can add this guy as our sixth offensive lineman. Like, he'll give us that added help if we had to do some musical chair stuff and kind of almost smack protect sometimes in the run game. Because you would think with the, with the running back that they've acquired um, between Malik Davis and Pollard and Ronald Jones and now Deuce Vaughn, that they're going to try to run the ball at least on the perimeter more. At least on the perimeter more, which means you're going to need to get some of those reach blocks, those hooks blocks, hook blocks to get those ends kind of, you know, sealed so that those running backs can get to the outside of what they want to do. Um, so you kind of understand it a little bit. And then the third, you know, when they drafted the backer out of Texas, it's to your point, you know, to transition to the thing is Micah Parsons is going to be full-time defensive end. Um, and I think even more so for him now, uh, putting on the weight because Micah did wear down last year. Like, if you put on the tape, you're like, well, what happened to Michael Parsons? Yes, he kind of got banged up at the knee a little bit. But, yeah, it's different when you have to go up against that left tackle who's 320, 25, 30 pounds, who's really good, who's really strong. And while Micah's really gifted and really athletic and a freak of an athlete, sorry, bro, it wears on you. Then the double teams come. Then the chip block comes. It's a running back in the ribs. It's a tight end in the ribs. And then it's a cut block. That stuff over the course of a season will wear you down. And so Mike is now trying to bulk up, and I'm glad that he's – don't miss this part either. Mike is saying things out loud now so that when he comes to the table later, he'll go, you can't linebacker me. 
Like, I'm saying it out loud now. It's I'm vocalizing it now. I'm playing full-time defensive end now because when it gets to the point, and you know organizations will do this, they'll get to that point of negotiation. They'll go, well, we want to pay you as an outside linebacker. No, you're going to pay me like one of the – you're going to pay me like, like you're going to pay one of the second – third highest position in the league as a defensive end. So Mike is starting to say these things now and and, and don't don't mistake in that it's not a conversation that he's had with his agent. Like, hey, listen, going into this year, where you won't even use the term linebacker anymore. You're going to use the term defensive end. We're going to show signs of it in the offseason. The, the productivity will show, the numbers will show because when we come to the negotiating table, they won't try to give us this measly linebackers numbers. We want to be the third highest position pays quarterbacks, left tackles, and defensive ends. That's the market that Micah Parson wants to be. It is funny. I love that uh, he said it and the team didn't as if um, like, as if it wasn't already true. Cause I'm just looking at this and this doesn't even count. No, I guess it counts that way. Like last season, Micah played 738 versus 171. That's a total of eight, about 900, 738. He's already on playing defensive end 80-something percent of the time. But we're, we're going to leave no doubt. <laughs> we're going to leave no doubt. And I don't know. Will that mean that he'll never step backwards and line up at linebacker? I don't know. But I love it, by the way. If there's anybody out there who wants Micah Parsons to line up at linebacker some, I don't. Uh like, I guess you could draw up a scenario where you said, what if the other team has seven O linemen and is running the wildcat? Then I'd be like, okay, then I guess you could play linebacker. But pass rush is king. And last season through 11 games, Micah had 12 sacks. In the last six games, he had one and a half. Yep. So we wore down. We got beat up. <laughs> and if we want him to, to make it through, we're going to eat steak. And he said he was 246, and he said he'll never play over 255. So it'll be somewhere between significant and like eight pounds is that's something. And eight pounds of muscle is something as well. Yeah, eight pounds is something. And we're going to try to hold up. And if we need to take some plays on the sideline, if we need to take five plays a game on the sideline to make it throughout the season, do it. Uh, I don't need him to be lining up off the ball to save him because somebody else will tackle running backs. We'll work that out in camp. Micah Parsons, you go tackle quarterbacks. That's what we do. Because yeah. even even some of the plays that were absurd that he made last year, uh, which game was it where he came? He was at right defensive end and went all the way from the quarterback and then caught the tight end right before the goal line and stripped oh, the ball. Yeah, like, yeah. He yeah. did that from the end. He don't have to be a linebacker to do these things. Yeah, He does it from everywhere. He's a freak. No, he's a freak. Absolutely. But to your point is that you want to, when we get to that, to that meaty part of the season that, that when those games kind of start really mattering, that December-ish, late November, December-ish type atmosphere, you want him at his best. You don't, you don't want him wearing down going into the playoffs. Um, and I think that's another reason why you get a guy like Mozzie Smith because your, your, your goal is um, – and I don't – will they go Hankins, Mozzie, kind of two defensive tackles at the same time? Maybe on first and six. Yeah, <laughs> well, that, those guys are going to be rotational guys, right? Yeah. Those are going to be rotational guys, and so you're you're wanting to you're wanting to get something up the middle, where now everything on the offensive line has to condense. And when I say it like this much, because this this much can be Micah Parsons getting a strip sack. This much can be Micah Parsons forcing that. I mean, like it is it is. 
this matters so much in the game of football. And if they can, if they can cut those corners down that much and give Mike an opportunity late in those football games, hell, early in the football games, to create havoc on the quarterback, then th- that pick becomes absolutely worth it. And I also think if uh, quarterbacks can't always just go, we'll call it a, let's see, you're mostly in shotgun, so really it's a one-step drop. Right. Uh, if quarterbacks can't take a one-step drop and then immediately slide forward, because here comes Micah right. rolling around the corner, and they're just like, well, that's cool. I mean, it's not like Carlos Watkins or Neville Gallimore's moved my pocket, so I'm going to go ahead and step up here and go to my safe place. If Mozzie can push push that pocket a little bit, that would be very, very nice. Yeah, and Mozzie, you know, and, and the thing is, because I – and maybe this is all teams, but I only cover this team for right now, right? And, you know, the Cowboys, there's this weird fixation on because Mozzie went to Michigan and Taco Charleston went to Michigan. Like, they're, they're – please, people, there, there has to be a level of giving these kids a, a, a moment to adjust to the National Football League. Like, whatever Mozzie did at Michigan, whoever Mozzie did it against in Michigan, yes, some of those traits will translate, but also understand, like, even going up against a guy like Jason Kelsey, who you'll go up against twice a year, there's so many different things that Mozzie has no idea mentally. While he may have all the strength in the world, Jason Kelsey has such a wealth of knowledge on how to maneuver and bend and, 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 and torque and change angles to, to, to get you off your all the, you know, quick jumping you, all these different things that he's going to have to adjust to. And so, <coughs> excuse me. Oh, God so, bless your heart and soul. You know, give him the opportunity to adjust to these things because just lining up and going forward. At times, yes, but for the most part, you're going to have to figure out ways to move around the pocket, and Dan Quinn will help with that. But there, there needs to be a learning curve, a patience of the learning curve that will happen for kids like Mozzie Smith and for uh, for over for over was over over overshown overshown overshot overseed over over everything. Well, I tell you what, Jesse, if you're going to pick a run defender, he might as well be from the Big Ten because it's all they do in that stupid conference is run the ball, like uh, Scooney. Our guy Scooney, his yeah. offense threw the ball 39% of the time and yeah. ran it 61% of the time. So, so Lexi. No, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. He has the flexi sexy in him. He is in like the, I have to look it back up, but the 98th or 99th percentile of athlete at tight end in the NFL. He is that athlete. We just got to put it out there. Okay. Put it on the field. All right. Make it translate. That's it. They took two Michigan guys, one who has half a sack in his college career, and one who has 600 receiving yards in his five-year college career. But all the things are there. And we had to believe that the Cowboys are going to be like, look, we watched what you did, but we know what you can do. And we're going to make them do it. Dan Quinn's going to make you do it. And Scooney, part of it could just be opportunity. Like, sorry that they never threw the ball. Let me ask you this question. Do you think that this draft was another sign of just how much they respect Dan Quinn and that and that organization? And because I look at this draft and the, the picks that they got and, and where they kind of – just this entire offseason and what they were able to do. Dan Quinn has a pretty, pretty – large chunk of the ear of the, of the Jones family. Totally agree. 
And and I look at some of these things and I'm like, man, this team is like really setting up and designing for like Dan Quinn to take over this football team if things don't go the way that Mike wants them to go this this football season. Well, if you just look at between how like the draft picks, whether it's total or the early ones, the premium ones, since Quinn's been here and since McCarthy's been here, it's like two thirds of them are going to defense. They're they're throwing all their resources at defense. But and Dan Quinn likes this stuff is the difference. Like Mike McCarthy, for the most part, I don't think could care less. In Green Bay, he wasn't scouting players. They didn't right. want to, they didn't care. And he's like, that's fine, just I'll coach them when they get here. And right. Dan Quinn loves this crap. The number of times he was at somebody's pro day and not just at it, but running the drills and all that stuff. Like Dan Quinn loves that stuff and wants to be involved in that stuff. And I think Mike McCarthy was the second round pick. I think they really wanted a tight end and they took him. Uh, I gotta be careful when I talk about him because people get mad at me, but like, I like Schoonmaker because he fits the physical profile of the great tight ends in the NFL. I like that. But if I'm not allowed to have some reservations about a, dude that as a senior at Michigan was not even a starter yet and had a career 150 yards. Like you have to grant me the ability to be like, Oh man, a 25 year old rookie who was a fifth year senior when he finally was a starter. Like there's something there. There's something there, but I like, yeah. but I like the athlete that you now have at tight end. He can block. He is super athletic. Go make that crap work. You didn't do it until you were 24 in college. Go do it now. That's what we need to do. Go kick ass. Um, AJ Brown talked crap about CeeDee Lamb and then said he didn't mean it and deleted it. Did you see it? I did see it. Yeah, he says, CD just plays the slot. I play outside. Don't compare us. And I wanted to, but I don't want to fight with NFL players on Twitter. I started to type out the reply of, well, actually, in his second year, he played outside 65% of the time, and he still got open at the same rate, and he still put up the same number. But then I just decided to leave it alone. But why y'all talk about it? They have the same agent, too. I don't know. Mm. I think AJ Brown just adjusted to the city he plays in. And he's like, you know what I'm supposed to do? Talk shit. And that's not, honestly, that's not uncommon. That's not uncommon. I mean, John Morant adjusted to being from Memphis, right? Like, oh, I think he, you know, I think he might already, you know, no, I, th I think being that, I think being in Memphis, the grindhouse and that culture kind of picked up. It wasn't always like that. It wasn't always that kind of a, but, but guys do that. Guys go to cities and they, and they adjust. And, too, and you got to remember also, like, A.J. Brown wasn't talking when he was in Tennessee. He just wasn't. You didn't hear from A.J. Brown. But now you have success, right? Your team at least gets to the Super Bowl, and you are a major factor because of that. When they traded you over and you were the major piece that, that Jalen Hurst thought that, that, that Jalen Hurst needed, and, and you contributed uh, a significant amount, and you're in Philadelphia. So you kind of feel like, We've heard more from A.J. Brown in the last six to ten months than we have prior to him ever getting to Philadelphia. Like, I can't remember like ever hearing clips or seeing clips or hearing sound bites or hearing Twitter debates or battles from A.J. Brown when he was in Tennessee. Not saying that they didn't happen. I'm just saying they weren't on the main stage. And now that he's in Philadelphia and they had some success, can't knock that. They went to a Super Bowl. They lost. But you know he's kind of feeling a little way. He could feel a little way away about himself, and 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 now he's kind of you know voicing his his opinion a lot more. So people do adapt to their cities. Yeah, and uh, three years into their respective careers, CD Lamb would be uh, considerably ahead in both catches and yards. Um, not that not that I care. Not that I care. But just whatever you do, don't ask me which one you'd rather have because I don't know. The answer might be AJ Brown. They're both really good. So. Brown's a good player though. Like AJ Brown's like he's a 
good player. Like it's not like like and I'm, I'm always I'm always of the mindset or I'm always a, 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 a fan of like if you're that guy, like there's certain people who can just talk, like right, like. Is it Brown the guy who talks? Is it Brown the player in this year in this at his position? His position talk when you can talk. Time out. I'm gonna kick you out of the. Oh, I've got it from both of us. I don't know if it's me. Do I sound funny to you? No. You don't. And now you sound good. I had some weird audio coming through. No. Try again. Say hi to me. Hello, Jeffrey. What'd you just say? Did now? Did you just say the thing that I believe as well? Which is, if you're gonna be a talker, talk. If you're not gonna be a talker, shut up. No, I was just saying that if you if you're good enough, talk. Like, oh, okay. If you're not good enough, don't talk. AJ okay. is good enough where he can talk, and it's okay for him to talk. Okay. You know, like whether you're a Cowboys fan or Eagles fan or just a whatever fan in general, I just I'm of the mindset of if you're that dude, then you have the leverage to talk. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like Jags shouldn't talk. And I don't mean Jacksonville. I mean just just other guys. Just another guy shouldn't talk. But if you're a superstar and you got the numbers to back it up and you got the, the wins and the productivity, then I'm all for you being able to, to chirp a little bit. I hope CD claps back and we just have this wonderful wide receiver rivalry because they never actually had to play against each other so they can both just get real reckless and keep having 1,300 yards every year and we can be highly entertained. That'll be great. I'm with it. I love entertainment. But on the show Believe in the Cowboys, I would also like to tell you um, the Eagles suck. So there's that. Uh, Jesse, have a great day, brother. I love you. I love you. Love you more. Uh, remember, this was presented by our friends at Bet Online, and remember – but you have no idea what anyone's going through. So be cool to everyone except the Eagles. But in real life, be cool to everybody. I love you. Bye. Eliminate the contingencies. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 